we got an update on James Paxton, and it's not the best thing to hear, but the Dodgers made adjustments, and we'll see what happens. We'll talk about everything about James Paxton and what it means for the Dodgers and what it means for him. And then we'll look at the young pitching prospects slash pitchers on the Dodgers who are excited about what their realistic scenario for the season is and get into all that. So let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart friends perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us for Refine Podcast and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. And you can become an everydayer by listening or watching every day, which is easier, eat more easily done if you subscribe and, uh, you know, get notified when our episodes are ready for you every weekday morning. And if this is your first time listening watching, I'm Vince Amperio. That's Jeff Snyder, my co-host. I want to welcome you. And Jeff and I are both lifelong Dodger fans that have covered their team in a few different ways, and uh, we continue to cover that team, the Dodgers, uh, via this podcast. And we've done so for the last five years on this network and uh, more than that on, on on our own. So we're here to bring you some smart and knowledgeable and rational takes, and I uh, hope we all get to become better Dodger fans together. And uh, let's do that today. Jeff, we got a little bit of news on the Dodger front uh, in the James Paxton world. There was an adjustment made to his contract. The Dodgers lowered the guarantee and have placed a bunch of bonuses and uh, for roster bonuses and start bonuses and everything else. You can still get up to 13 mil rather easily, assuming he's healthy. Uh, but then we found out that the change to the contract was made because of a concern with his health or something regarding to his health. Uh, both team or the Dodgers declined comment. We learned James Paxton is a Scott Boris client. Uh, Scott Boris's team also declined comment, uh, citing HIPAA violations and, and that note. But if the Dodgers don't seem that concerned to still guarantee him seven mil, should we be any more concerned than we were already? Yeah, I've gone back and forth on that uh, all afternoon because on the one hand, seven million dollars is a lot of money. On the other hand, no, it's not. And and so you know, to the Dodgers, it's $7 million guarantee. And even if he hits all the bonuses, $13 million, uh, James Paxton, when he's healthy is easily worth 13 million bucks in a season. And so it's really, it's, it's a $7 million bet of worst case scenario is they're out 7 million and he doesn't do anything. He pulls a Noah Syndergaard or even, a um, a Jason Schmidt and, you know, barely pitches at all. Uh, but you know, best case scenario, they do get a very good pitcher for only 13 million bucks. So I think there probably is a little bit of that risk reward there. And I, I think I tend to come down on the side of, uh, $7 million is nothing to the Dodgers. And so, which, 
makes me a little bit more worried about it uh, because, uh, you know, the fact that the Dodgers still gave him a contract doesn't necessarily mean, oh, so they're not worried about his health. Uh, I, I think they could be. And hopefully he is healthy and and can uh, pitch as well as James Paxton is, is capable of pitching. But uh, I, I think this is a little bit of a red flag, at, at least as far as I'm concerned. To me, it looks like there's concern about whether he'll be ready for the start of season because some of those uh, notes in the contract now are the roster bonuses if he's on the roster. He, it's, he'll get $2 million if he's on the roster uh, for their game in Korea when they play those two games or if he's on the roster for the home opener, the real the domestic home opener uh, here at Dodger Stadium. And then if not, he can get a $1 million bonus if he's on the roster by April 15th. And then if he makes 20 starts on top of that, he gets another million. And then he gets 600000 for threshold at 6, 8, 10, 12, and 16 starts with another million on top if he makes 18 starts. So for me, that way that's structured is that there's concern for him at the start of season rather than maybe general concern for the entire season, which does give me a little bit more uh, hope that, you know, it's one of those things where, hey, you know what, maybe he might not be ready for opening day, but he'll once he is ready to go, then he'll be, you know, at least as healthy as he can be. Yeah, hopefully it's, it's short term if he's not ready to begin the season because they already have Walker Bueller who might not start the season uh, on the roster and they have Clayton Kershaw who's definitely not pitching in the first half of the season and they have Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin. You know, they, uh, the first part of the season is when they need more pitching. Uh, although uh, with the, the big gap between the two games in Korea and then a week off, they, they could could and probably will, I would guess, have the same two pitchers pitch their first four games. Uh, you know, probably Yamamoto and Bobby Miller uh, in some order. You know, that would be my guess, uh, you know, with Tyler Glasnow's health history and James Paxton, you know, uh, so maybe you're getting the first four games are started by Yamamoto and Miller. Uh, something, this is totally off topic, but something I just thought of realized that there's no limit on position players on the roster. There's only a limit on pitchers. And knowing you only need two starting pitchers, we might see uh, Miguel Vargas and Andy Pajes uh, on the active roster in, uh, and maybe even Hunter Fiducia, a third catcher too. Uh, because if the Dodgers only need two starters, then they might as well uh, only carry 10 or 11 pitchers and and have 15 or 16 position players on the roster. Uh you know, that has nothing to do with James Paxton other than the fact that uh, Paxton is probably unlikely to be on the career roster anyway. Uh, and and so uh, I'm trying to think if there would be like IL stint reasons uh, if he's on the IL uh, for the Korea series, would that preclude him from being on the roster uh when the when the season starts in, on the twenty eighth, uh, I don't actually know. Um, I can't remember what the rules are as far as putting a guy on the regular uh, fifteen day IL uh, in spring training. Uh, I know the IL exists, but if if there's still retroactive dates, so yeah, there there's a lot of a lot of storylines to keep an eye on regarding Paxton and his health this spring. Uh, because if they're worried about him being ready for opening day, they're 
you know, we may not see him pitch much at all in spring training, uh, depending on what the, what the health issue is, which like you said, we have no idea because of HIPAA. Yeah. Uh, I think, well, HIPAA is a different story. I, I think technically someone can say something, but it's easy just to say, oh, no, because of HIPAA. Uh, but well, it, yeah, I, Paxton can say something. I, I think the Dodgers and Paxton's agent are bound by HIPAA laws, and so it would have to be Paxton himself who either said something or explicitly gave permission to his agent or the Dodgers to say something. Yeah, um, but either way, like I said, it, it seems like well, I'm sure we'll find out. Like I'm sure Paxton will kind of mention whatever it is whenever they get to talk to him or whenever, you know, media gets talked to him. So we'll see. But uh, the one of those or one of the different, if, if Paxton can't go, there are a long list of really good Dodger prospects and young pitchers that could fill roles for the Dodgers, not just at the start of season, but throughout the season and even into later this season. We're going to go through, there's six of them on the 40-man roster that have some either a prospect or a young pitcher uh, that has already lost their rookie status. But we're going to talk about them and which ones we're most excited for, give some realistic uh, thoughts about what they can bring this season. So that's what's coming up, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy and also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from LED headlights, exhaust kits, roof racks, and superchargers, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And if you're on YouTube and want something else to watch, Locked On Podcast Network has two 24-7 streaming channels, Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles, that are giving you the news and stories from around the sports world and L.A. sports world from Locked On hosts and experts and more. So go check those out and subscribe on YouTube. And like we mentioned, the Dodgers have a lot of young pitchers that could impact the team this year. None that are expected to be in the starting rotation, right? Well, one that is, but we've excluded him. Bobby Miller has graduated from kind of the prospect young pitcher, and he's uh, you know expected to be a, a top three in the Dodgers rotation this season and moving forward. So we, we took him off. But the rest of the guys that you know we've talked about to varying degrees over the course of the offseason and, you know, thought that some of them might get traded throughout the course of the offseason didn't end up happening. Only one Ryan Pepio did end up getting traded. And, you know, there's some excitement there for some of these arms, maybe less excitement for some others, but we're just going to go through and, and, you know, have a, a draft of sorts of who we're most excited about and then talk about, you know, what they could bring to the Dodgers this season. And then, not a best case scenario because best case scenario for all these guys is rookie of the year or some type of uh, outstanding season, but more of a realistic case scenario when it comes to the Dodgers and what, you know, how many starts or what they could do or, you know, what kind of role they can fill. So 
with that being said, Jeff, uh, I think I know who your number one pick will be, but I will let you say it just in case it's not. Yeah, these six guys kind of fall into three different categories. You've got Michael Grove and Emmett Sheehan, who both uh, have exceeded rookie status, and so they're still young prospecty types, but not officially prospects. Then you've got Gavin Stone and Kyle Hurt, who have both pitched in the big leagues, uh, but still maintain their rookie status and prospect status. And then there's Nick Frosso and Landon Knack, both of whom have not yet made their major league debuts. They are both added to the 40-man roster this offseason. So kind of, you know, it's interesting to think of them in in those kind of categories. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for five of the six of these guys, but the one that I'm still most excited for is Gavin Stone. Uh, I, I remember watching him pitch in spring training last year and just dominating and that change up when it's working right. Uh, it's just ridiculous. So I, I'm still pretty excited about Gavin Stone and I have high hopes for him to figure things out and become a, a pretty darn effective big league pitcher. Uh, and, and I do think just because of uh, the experience level, you know, I, I'd say that he is probably third out of these six guys uh, in line to get starts. Uh, you know, uh, I think one of these guys who we'll talk about in a little bit is likely to be in the rotation and then uh, another one and then Stone. Uh, so I, I think Stone will get some starts this year, obviously depending on the health of the different guys, depending on, when James Paxton makes the roster, when Walker Buehler makes the roster, all those things. Uh, I think Gavin Stone has a decent shot to get six or eight starts uh, this year. And uh, if he pitches well, he could pitch his way into more starts. Uh, really, that that's kind of what we've seen. Emmett Sheehan wasn't on anybody's radar. Like we knew who he was a year ago right now, but we weren't predicting that he would be the guy to get a lot of starts for the Dodgers but then he was. And so a lot of it just comes down to how well are you pitching? Uh, you kind of earn your spot. Baseball starting pitching in a lot of ways is a great meritocracy. If you earn the spot, a lot of times you're going to get the spot. And not all the time, because sometimes Noah Syndergaard is on the roster. Uh, but, you know, most of the time, if you earn it, you're going to get those starts. Yeah. And, you know, I, for him, it's similar to Pepio in a sense, where Pepio had that first year, kind of struggled a bit. You know, the changeup wasn't there. He was trying some different things. Didn't quite work out. And then, you know, we saw what he did last year once he was healthy toward the end of the season. You know, Stone, similar uh, changeup guy. Didn't quite have the success. Got a little bit of bad luck in some of those starts that he made last year. And, you know, knows what he needs to work on. Can probably come through this season and, and you know, hopefully, like I said, Give those Dodgers, give the Dodgers whatever he can if when he's needed, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see what that ends up being. I think for me, and it, it's more of the enticing rather than anything else is Kyle Hurt because of what we saw in his two innings last year, and then he got sent down because of what we've seen, you know, the, the minor league numbers that are you know pretty eye popping, and just for the simple fact that I think it's a, a little bit easier to come in and and be the guy as a reliever when you're a young pitcher rather than come in and be the guy as a starter. And especially with the the type of stuff that he has. And now if they now would imagine they're going to, I don't know. I don't know if they said anything, but I imagine that he's going to be exclusively type reliever type, you know, maybe they'll try to mold him into a a multi-inning reliever guy. But uh, I think just with the stuff that he showed last year, the stuff that he's shown 
in the minors. And I think, you know, realistic case scenario for him is that he's in the Dodgers bullpen by the end of the season. And if not one of the, the top guys, he's definitely in the mix for a postseason roster spot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if he is pitching out of the bullpen, yeah, I really like his chances to pitch in the big leagues and, you know, kind of in that same exact boat as Nick Frosso. Uh, who, who will probably be my next one because he's got great stuff. And a lot of people think that he's going to end up as a reliever eventually anyway. And so just because of his pitch mix and, and whatever else. So maybe it makes sense to just, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to know at this point what the Dodgers bullpen construction is going to look like, because again, we don't know how healthy Blake Turner is going to be, how healthy Daniel Hudson is going to be. There's still question marks there, but, having young guys like Hurt and Frosso uh, available to come in and pump gas out of the bullpen. Uh, it's pretty exciting. And so, and it's worth noting that all of these guys are not young. Like we're, we're not talking about young prospects here. I think the youngest of them is, uh, I, I think it would be uh, Frosso and, Stone are were born three days apart. They're both 25 years old. Um, I think everybody else is oh no, Emmett Sheehan's the youngest. Uh he's a year younger than those two. He so he'll he's 24. Uh, but even 24 is uh we're we're not talking young guys anymore. And, and some of these guys are 26 years old, and like it's like, okay, Landon Neck, you're 26. Uh it's probably time to be in the big leagues. And that's kind of how I feel about uh Nick Frosso. It's like, okay, you are 25 and a half years old now you've dominated in the minor leagues uh maybe it's time to embrace your future as a reliever and and start relieving in the big leagues right now and so i he might be the one who we see the most of in the big leagues this year just the combination of uh age and role and all of that it's interesting because you know some of these guys don't necessarily have the choice uh, you know if I'm sure if they were given the choice of, okay, you can be a reliever and be in the majors now, or you can stay a starter and you have, you know, a 50, 50 shot or whatever, someone would take that reliever role. Uh, again, they don't always get to choose that, but the Dodgers have done a good job over the years of kind of, well, obviously developing the talent, but also kind of where to utilize that talent. And, you know, Bruce Dark when they traded for him was technically a starter, but everyone kind of figured he'd be a reliever you know, Dodgers put him out of reliever. You know, they've, they've had different guys over the last few years. You know, Mitch White was a, a starter when he was drafted. The Dodgers kind of made him into a hybrid, you know, starter reliever role and, and kind of let him, you know, flap his wings there. And he ended up doing well in that role and then moving on. And, you know, Ross Stripling in the past, similar thing. So the Dodgers have done a, a decent job of, of getting guys to certain points or if not, you know, letting them kind of move on. And, you know, Pepio might have been that first step there. Some of these guys, that's kind of the next progressive step for them is either the Dodgers need them or, you know, maybe the Dodgers give them the the freedom to go somewhere else and, and where they can, you know, be valuable to another team in the major leagues. Yeah, and there's no law that says the role you're in when you break into the big leagues has to be your role forever. Uh, you know, you've got – I mean, Tony Gonsolin was a piggybacker. Uh, you had – uh, Walker Bueller came up as a reliever in 2017 and they knew he was going to be a starter, but bullpen made sense for him right there. Chris sale broke in with the, the white Sox the same way. He was a reliever. And then when he was ready, Adam Wainwright 
uh, Adam Wainwright closed out the World Series for the Cardinals in whatever year that was. Uh, what was that? 2006? Uh, and then he went from closer to starter and became, you know, an all-time starter for the Cardinals. So uh, you, you can always do that. And so uh, I, I think the Dodgers might, just because there are more openings, more potential openings in their bullpen this year, we might see a lot of these guys get time out of the bullpen just to see, because if if one of these guys turns into Mariano Rivera, you know what, you'd rather have Mariano Rivera, the closer, than Mariano Rivera, the mediocre starter. Uh, even though starters are more valuable than relievers, uh, a great reliever is more valuable than a mediocre starter. Yeah, and you can find starters. You can justify the price to pay for a starter to trade rather than the price for a reliever sometimes. So. Yep. All right, there's three more names to talk about. That's what's coming up, so make sure to keep it locked on, Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Super Bowl is here, and uh, it's a happy, happy, well, another week and a half until we can actually get the Super Bowl. But uh, you can celebrate with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because Super Bowl Sunday is all about the best seat on the couch, your favorite football snacks, maybe for some people the commercials or the halftime show, but also those Super Bowl bets, uh, those special props and everything that comes with the Super Bowl. And that's what you can get into with FanDuel, because right now new Customers can join and get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, you can bet on who will win the game, who will, uh, the points, combined total, points per team, rushing yards, who will score a touchdown. I'm sure you can bet on uh, uh, heads or tails for the for the coin toss. There's a lot of different things you can get into, and all you have to do is place a $5 bet, and if it wins, you get $200 in bonus bets to put on other things throughout the year and not just Super Bowl. Beyond the Super Bowl, you can still always bet. There's a lot of stuff to do with the FanDuel app. So go check it out right now and get your journey started to betting the Super Bowl Sunday. There's FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We want to thank you for being an everydayer if you are one. And everydayer is someone who listens or watches every day. The easiest way to do so is to subscribe and be notified when our episodes are ready for you every Monday through Friday. We are Locked On Dodgers, wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. If you want to go beyond the podcast, you can do so and become a Locked On Dodgers insider and text directly with us. All you got to do is go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Dodgers and you can join. Uh, you know, a few bucks a month and you get direct insight to our reactions, thoughts, uh, you know, in game, after game. Uh, if they get if they make any more trades, they make any more deals, uh, you know, spring training battles, all that type of stuff. We can have a great conversation there. So go to joinsubtext.com slash lockdown Dodgers to get started. And let's keep going with the young pitchers. And this is one that's Almost, you know, wouldn't have made the cut, but he's still young enough and still doesn't have a defined role right now with the Dodgers, although he might, depending on James Paxton and some of these other guys. And that's Emmett Sheehan. Uh, Emmett Sheehan, like you mentioned last segment, uh, kind of came out of nowhere last year and really put in some big innings for the Dodgers in the regular season and uh, made the postseason roster and, you know, did some stuff. That series was uh, – he was already – that game was already gone by the time he came in, but uh, you know he he really surprised and really showed and and kind of made his step up to be 
the guy behind Bobby Miller in terms of who would have a best chance to be in the Dodgers rotation this season. And like I mentioned, I think for him, he's in that realm of 10 to 15 starts would be a realistic case scenario, depending on health and depending on, you know, how many times they do use a six man rotation, how many times they, you know, skip somebody's start or he gets a spot start. It would have, if everyone's healthy, including James Paxton, it feels like Emmett Sheehan will be on the roster as that swing guy and, you know, inning eater in the bullpen type guy. And if anyone doesn't make it to the opening day roster healthy, then Emmett Sheehan slots into their role. Yeah, and, and maybe even more than that. I mean, if they go with a six-man rotation, uh, Sheehan is probably the number six starter right now. Uh, and like we said last segment, he's the youngest of these guys, of these six. Even if Bobby Miller was included, Sheehan would be the youngest of them. He's six months younger than Bobby Miller. He'll play this entire season at age 24. And so he is probably the one guy in the group you could say, oh, he is actually still young enough that if he has a great season this year, you actually think of him ha- as uh, a young guy, you know, really promising future. If a guy comes up at age 26 and has a really good season, it's like, oh man, too bad he started so late. You know, we, when you think about guys who end up in the Hall of Fame, very few of them debut at age 26. You know, uh, Wade Boggs is the only one I can think of, and he wasn't a pitcher. Um, I guess one classic Dodgers pitcher was Dazzy Vance, who didn't have his first great season until he was in his 30s, but uh, that was a long time ago. But yeah, Sheehan, his youth is is pretty exciting. And his stuff last year, we saw he has the repertoire to be a starter. And I think he will get a lot of chances to do that this year. Um, I, I guess my next one is, you know, kind of by default and kind of because I am excited about him is Landon Knack. Uh, Knack is, again, not young. He's uh, maybe the oldest of this group. Uh, you know, Michael Grove is the oldest of the group. Uh, then there's Knack. Knack is already, he'll turn 27 this season. He's 26 and a half years old right now. And so uh, basically it's time for him to be in the big leagues. And that might also be in a relief role, kind of like we talked about with Hurt and and Frosso. The difference is I think Knack, people do see him as a starter long-term a little bit more than Hurt and Frosso. Uh and so, but still, like we said, you can start in the bullpen and then transition to a starter. And so uh, with his stuff and his success in the minor leagues, uh, he's definitely a guy we could see. But unless there's quite a few injuries, I do think he's fourth in line. Um, no, well, yeah. So Grove and Stone and, and Sheehan are all ahead of Knack for, for starting uh, for starts. And so I think it's unlikely that Nat gets very many starts in the big leagues, if any, this year, unless there are a lot of injuries like there were last year. Uh, but I could see him definitely getting time in the bullpen and maybe they even have kind of a, a OKC rotation uh, where, okay, you, you're going to spend time in Oklahoma city. And okay, now it's your turn to come spend three weeks in the Dodgers bullpen. And then you'll go back down and we'll call up Nick Frost. And then he'll go down and we'll call up Kyle hurt and just, kind of keep rotating those guys around where they're getting starts in AAA, um, but then also pitching in the in the bullpen in the big leagues helps limit their innings, keep their arm fresh, but also get them that big league exposure. So, yeah, I, I would expect Knack to kind of fall in that category like Frosso and Hurt of if he gets big league time, it's probably out of the bullpen. Yeah, Knack feels like 
Michael Grove one year younger. Like if he does make any impact this year, it'll be because of a bunch of injuries and he gets kind of thrust into it. You know, Michael Grove wasn't someone was on the Dodgers radar when he made his debut a couple years ago and ended up having to make a start and kind of go in there. Knack's not quite, obviously not that young as Grove was back then, but still a, t- a guy that, you know, f- falls behind in the pecking order behind some of these young guys. And it's one of those where, you know, they traded Clayton Beater la- or for Gallo a two years ago now, or and uh, he was in that same draft class. And some of these guys that are getting older, that it might be their last chance with the Dodgers specifically. You know, not, I don't. I think he'll still make it through the entire season unless he gets directly traded. I don't think he'll be like a DFA candidate or anything. But it's one of those where if he does get any time in the majors, he's got to kind of show out. If not, you know, the Dodgers might need that roster, might value that roster spot more after this coming season than they do having him there. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nack is involved in a trade at the trade deadline. So. Yeah. The last one is Michael Grove, and he is, like Jeff mentioned, the oldest of these. There are a couple other guys, you know, Ricky Venasco, but we don't know much about Ricky Venasco. He hasn't been in the Dodgers system. He's someone that the Dodgers did sign. You know, they, they traded for him after DFA or claimed him. They signed him. We don't know much about him. Uh, Yamamoto is actually younger or the same age as some of these guys, but he's coming in as an established starter in the Dodger rotation. But Michael Grove's kind of the last one in. I think if there's any excitement for Grove beyond, you know, just depth at the major league position and the major league roster is as a reliever. You know, we saw last year he can be good in spurts. I don't know if he has the stuff to be a long-term starter, uh, you know, enough pitches or enough control and command and, and you know, mastery of his pitches to be a, a starter or at least anything above a number four starter. But I do think he could bring some value in the pen. Could get his velocity up a little bit. He, you know, did have that breaking ball that he used last year. That you know, against the well, Yankees is when he had kind of that big game with a lot of swing and miss. And you know, that's something that's enticing. And I think for for me, for Grove, it's I don't know if they'll fully transition him into a reliever this year. I don't think so, just because they might have a need for some spot starts. But I do think anything he does for the Dodgers this year will that's successful will come in a bullpen role. Yeah, that, that's probably what I think too. For whatever reason, he's the guy I'm least excited about, and I don't dislike the guy, and and I do think he has potential to be solid. I just feel like his ceiling is number three or four starter, and some of these other guys I feel like have much higher ceilings where they could actually be, you know, if not a number one starter, a, a two, uh, you know, and. And so I think that's why it's it's the ceiling that has me more excited, and the fact that Grove is the oldest of the group. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot that makes me just think, okay, yeah, he exists too. Yeah, like I said, I think if anything, a reliever role would be his most success with the Dodgers, and a, another one that you know might not survive the season if the Dodgers have to make a trade and uh, they can get any value there. So, speaking of Ricky Venasco, I actually just saw a tweet from Bruce Koontz uh, from 12 minutes ago. Uh, about Venasco from July 16th to September 23rd last year, 23 games, 26 and a third innings pitched for Venasco, one earned run on a solo homer. Uh, and, and after coming over to the Dodgers last year, he pit, he pitched 39 innings. Is that what I, uh, yeah, 39, 38 innings and, uh, no, 29 innings. That's the number 29 and allowed just four earned runs and, uh, three homers. So, 
basically, if people weren't hitting home runs off him, they weren't doing anything off him, and they weren't hitting home runs that off. He he had 1.1 home runs per nine, so it's not like he was giving up a ton of homers, thirteen point seven strikeouts per nine. So uh, Venasco, you know, he, he's a guy like like we're talking about. We don't know what the bullpen's going to look like. Venasco is one of those question marks. Is he going to be? They signed him to a big league contract. Is he going to be in the big league bullpen from opening day? And you know, uh, you know, is he going to be the next Evan Phillips, or is he going to be the next? You know, somebody who was less successful than Evan Phillips. Yeah, the next Phil Big Troop. Uh, why would you say that? <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day. We're here for you every Monday through Friday for about 30 minutes. You can check us out on your morning commute, on your morning gym session, when you're getting ready for work or school, or anytime throughout the day. You know, we're not exclusive to the morning, so go check us out. Remember that Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles are two 24-7 streaming channels on YouTube from the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. You can check them out on YouTube all day long. Remember, you can go beyond the podcast and become an insider at joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Dodgers and text directly with us. You can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can DM us for any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also send those via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or if you're at home, text my advice by podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.